the X being the uh, frequency of the tone coming out of my voice, the uh, Y being time, and the Z being the um, amplitude of the frequency. Are you talking so extra I, slow because I'm a girl or because uh, you like to watch it do things as you speak? <laughs> Probably the latter. Definitely not the former. Good answer. Welcome to the Toronto Beer Podcast. I don't even know where we are right now. I think I said season two, episode two, or something like that. It's, it's another episode. And here is my friend, Mandy Murphy. Hey, Chris. How you doing? I am good. We we just overcame some technological problems, so I'm feeling like we really, really hammered that nail home. We got that sorted out. Only took us a short 27 minutes this time. How did you enjoy Cask Days? It's always a great time. Had a had a really nice time. We did the Brewers Brunch on Saturday. It was beautiful. The fried t- chicken is to die for. It was the Brando's fried chicken. It was awesome. Um, and this year I ate a lot of chicken in general, actually. Chicken hmm. for the breakfast, chicken at the festival on Saturday, and then two more servings of chicken, which are two servings each, so four more pieces of chicken on Sunday. So I think I ate more chicken than I drank beer, but all in all, it was a great time. Wow, that is a lot of chicken. It was so good, though. Which chicken did you say at the breakfast? Nando's? Fra- uh, Brando's Fried Chicken. Brando's Fried Chicken. Where's that? Or do you know? Am I putting you on the spot here? Yeah, he does a... I believe he just does pop-up food events like that. Um, but the the guy behind the whole thing has done fried chicken at some, some of the best restaurants in the city. And I think he's branched out on his own to do this. Uh, just strictly the chicken piece of it. And he does, like, southern fried chicken? Yeah, it's like a buttermilk uh, fried chicken. Were there waffles with the chicken? Nope, just chicken. Just chicken. Just some fried chicken for breakfast. And lunch and dinner. And lunch and dinner. Did you have some hot sauce on it? I did, yeah. What kind of hot sauce? And like Louisiana some, and some style? of their own. Uh, actually, no, they did Frank's hot sauce. And you could also have some buttermilk sauce on top. So it was mm. pretty delicious. That does sound delicious. Speaking of delicious... Do you know what I'm drinking right now? I don't, but I think you're going to tell me. You and everybody listening. I'm having this Blue Mountain Lager from Thornbury. It's their uh, Hellas Lager. Oh, yeah, I haven't had that. Man, it's good. It's good. It's not, you know, it's the kind of beer you're going to write an essay about, but it is delicious. Holy hell. I was going to say I could drink this all night. I'm about to drink this all night. You drinking anything? Of course. I'm, uh... Wait, wait, wait. Can I guess? Go for it. Is it... So is it your own beer? Yep, it is. Is it Grandstand? It is. How'd you guess? Well, it's just good beer. I referred three people to Grandstand last night at the bar, and they all enjoyed it. Why, thank you. That's wonderful. Give give me a commission or something. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, they were stoked on it. It was really good. That's great. Checks in the mail. (laughs) Of course it is. Uh, I actually, that... I brought home a bottle of Grandstand and a bottle of bricks and mortar, uh, our mm. coffee porter, and I started pouring the Grandstand. And Mark snuck into the office and stole the coffee porter from me, so it's his his beer now. I just had this metal picture of Mark sort of doing like a very sort of cartoon esque, exaggerated sneak, like his hands kind of up in front of his face and like. Big tiptoes. That's not what happened, was it? A little bit. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. 
<laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. Um, what am I doing, Mandy? What are we doing? We had all these technical problems. We had catch up to do. We even talked about it earlier today. We have two topics. We're going to talk about those. But what else were we going to talk about? You had stuff you wanted to talk about in 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 like catch up, right? Yeah, I don't remember. Let me let me pull it up. I'm doing it too right now. In the meanwhile, remind me why you weren't able to go to Castes. You were traveling somewhere. Well, you yeah, you know, I, um, last episode I was talking about, and I'd, I'd done this interview with Austin. Um, I did a couple more, which was kind of cool. So doing some interviews with some brewers, I got four. I believe the technical term is I have four in the can, which sounds either dirty or gross but what it means is i've got four kind of uh sitting waiting i'm just doing some final edits and stuff on them but these are these videos about beer and uh, i can tell you well i've already given away that i talked to austin um but these videos are going to be dealing with a variety of different brewing related things so without giving away anybody else i will tell you one of the videos is about loutering Coolo. One of them is about just hops in general and using hops in brewing. Another is about uh, the crowler. Are you familiar with the crowler? I am. Yeah. So I talked to somebody who uh, is involved with the brewery that uses crowlers, which was kind of cool. And uh, the most recent, I just filmed. Um, oh, that was last week. I can't keep track of what day it is, but that was last week. Uh, was talking about open fermentation. So if you're a real geek, you can probably guess who I was talking to about open fermentation. Do you want to take a stab at it, Mandy? Oh, I don't know. All right. That's fine. Don't worry about it. We'll leave it. But uh, those videos are going to be coming out. The problem is there's no hard deadline. Like, I don't owe anybody anything on these, so it makes it hard for me. If somebody said to me, these have to be out on Friday. I would stay up all night on Thursday and get them out. But I don't have that... Um, problem and uh, I'm I work to deadlines more than personal ideals so hopefully in the next week or two you're a go-getter you usually set these deadlines for yourself I don't know where this myth comes from you are the third person in two days to identify me as a go-getter I am not a go-getter I am a go-waiter I would never report record these podcasts if you didn't stay on top of it that's amazing (laughs) seriously I would just forget like I wouldn't do it but you're always asking every week Luke set up a time and scheduling the content. Hmm. I guess that is a little go-gettery. It is, yeah. Got to have it up at a certain time. I don't even get to review them ahead of time because you want to get them up. It is true. Normally I say, uh, hey, Mandy, I've edited it. I don't think there's anything offensive in it. I'm just going <laughs> to post it. That is the normal way this goes. And you're only oh, driven okay. by your own goals <clears throat> in that case. I guess. I guess. Podcasting's fun and it's easy. It doesn't require much. It's good. I get to do other things while I edit it, which helps too. Anyway, I found the, uh, the bit of the conversation. Um, you said we had a fun time here at Halloween. We could talk about that. How's your, how's your Halloween? (laughs) We had had so much fun. Did you dress up as a baseball player? No, I didn't. I wanted to be super Pilar. So Kevin Pilar dressed up in like a half baseball player, half Superman costume. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I didn't find the time to put that costume together. So didn't really dress up much on Saturday. I just went home and grabbed some cat ears and other cat type stuff. Wore it back to the brewery. But we just had a good time around the Halloween holiday in general. Not specifically like dressing up and going to a big party and getting wasted. We 
took a lot of time leading up to Halloween to plan out a variety of beer and candy or beer and Halloween treat pairings. Mm-hmm. That's a popular topic. It was so much fun. It was a really, really good time. Like we, we just came up with them sort of off the top of our heads at the brewery. We did up all these tasting notes and uh, or tasting sheets and we tried all these different combinations and some of them were disgusting. Yeah, for real. So gross. Like pretty much anything with cherry or at least anything in our lineup with cherry was nasty. Tasted very medicinal. Like, really reminds you of cough syrup. But there were so many surprises and really cool, fun pairings that you would have never thought would work. And they really worked really well. Hmm. Um, so we changed all the names of our beers to spooky uh, Halloween names. And we made a special menu that had the suggested pairings. And then when anyone would come in and order a beer, we would just offer them the candy as a as a free pairing. It was really fun. Really good time. That is pretty cool. Yeah. And then we, we any... carved pumpkins as a team. And we had some really great artists on the team. And it was just really, really a lot of spirit. A lot of fun. Cool. Did you have any kids come by dressed up and uh, do the old uh, trick or treat? Yeah, totally. We uh, all the candy that didn't work well as a pairing with any beer, we put in the kid bowl, and then uh, nice. lots of like we're a, a neighborhood brewery. We see tons of families come through. Um, so yeah, we we saw lots of kids and lots of trick or treaters. It was fun. That's awesome. Yeah. I just I, because you're talking about the uh, beer and candy pairing. And, and as I noted, you know, a lot of people were down with that. I posted Saturday at 8.40 p.m. So um, I guess maybe the kids were upstairs getting their teeth brushed or something. I posted on Facebook, Dear every list about pairing beer and candy. I'm eating a mini Snickers and drinking a Connect Pale Ale. Do they pair? Nope. Do I care? Nope. <laughs> Nor will the Milk Duds, Maltesers, or Tootsie Rolls. And it will all be awesome. <laughs> That's the truth. I, it all is awesome. Like, it's beer. Delicious candy or snacks delicious so who really cares but it was just it was a fun exercise for us we weren't trying to to make it into a snobby thing hence we would have used a much fancier chocolate much higher quality stuff but we just grabbed whatever we thought parents might have at home like kicking around after halloween uh and tasted it with our beer and suggested what went well it was really fun no i dig that and and i mean my thing too I wasn't eating rockets and I wasn't eating anything even fruit flavored really or cherry flavored or anything like that. So it's it's a bit of a different thing. I was just eating chocolate. That's I just high grade the the pile. Like are there Reese's? Yep, I want those. Are there Snickers? Yep, I'll take those too. <laughs> um yeah, Halloween for me was mostly the kids. I will say that I our neighborhood is like super full of kids um probably you know not unlike yours and the street is just jumping jumping so we left uh, my mom at home uh, grandma did the door and uh handed out candies to all the little kitties and we did the the lap with uh, our two but uh what i love is I, you know, legally speaking, you're not really meant to be drinking in public, but pretty much everybody has a beer or a glass of wine or something in their hand, the parents. And so I cruised out with some, uh, some cans of Canuck pale ale in my, in the pockets of my coat and just enjoyed the beer and, uh, enjoyed the, the festive spirit. It's great when you're in a community full of people that are just all, it's fun. Like all the parents are out and you know, you don't really necessarily know them, but everyone's got the same kind of, you know, outlook. Totally a good good time. time. Do you dress up as a a dad walking around on Halloween? Yeah, I mean, I did the, you know, I dressed up as myself. I actually thought about dressing up as a rugby player because it was the Rugby World Cup final, of Mm. course, if you're a sporting fan, as I am. 
and uh, I actually still had a rugby shirt on and I thought oh, all I'd have to do is really tape my ears up and I would look like a forward but uh, it was kind of cold I was gonna wear a coat so it was a beautiful night but it was walking around in like stubby shorts and a rugby shirt it was, was going to be a bit chilly so i didn't i didn't do the, the costume this year Fair enough. last year i went as um what's his name uh yukon cornelius from the rudolph movie because i had the big beard and the mustache that love was a it. lot of fun i love that movie yeah that was well received so anyway uh moving on halloween a lot of fun for me a lot of fun for you it sounds like um you're, of course, now bored as, you know, I'll get out because, of course, not only are the Jays out of the World Series, but the World Series is actually now over. Nothing, so, makes, me, nothing makes me more sad. Like, the Jays being out, shed yeah. a few tears, pretty sad. But then just baseball being over in general, so sad. The TVs that we have in the tap room, I'm like, what are we going to do with these all winter long? During the day, <laughs> it's like darts and poker. These are not sports. <laughs> so upsetting. Darts is a sport. Poker, not. Poker is a game, but darts is a sport. Just putting that out there. Okay, well, we can talk about that another time. <laughs> we don't need to get into that here. Um, no, it's just, a, I was thinking about it. It's amazing, right? Because two weeks ago we were talking and we were still hopeful that the Jays would pull it out and would win the World Series. And two weeks later, the World Series is over. Yeah, it's amazing. Happened pretty quickly. Yeah. Pretty upsetting, but lots to be proud of for our team this year. Yeah, I think that 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 is the takeaway. We had a really solid team. We're not going to experience that with hockey this winter, so we should soak it up while we got it. Congratulations to the the Toronto Beer Podcast. Would like to formally acknowledge and thank the members of the 2015 Toronto Blue Jays on a wonderful season. We really appreciated it. Especially you, Anthopolis. We will miss you dearly. Oh, fuck. Don't even... I can't even believe I'm you done. brought That's that it. up. I'm done. We're done. Uh, I'm going to even have to beep out a word, too, now. It's awful. Let's move on. Agree to disagree. Uh, uh. Anyway. Um, that was Halloween. That was a lot of fun. And uh, baseball season, over. Also, not fun. That's sad. Um, let's dive into it. Let's talk about something fun. Okay. Pop quiz, Mandy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just totally hit my mic with my hand. I can't believe that's so unprofessional. It sounded like Pop you quiz, the bottle. Oh, maybe, maybe I'll keep it as Foley. <laughs> what did I... No, I have to backpedal. That was going to be such a good question, too. I was going to say, what did I do with Mark for the first time? that I hadn't done with anybody else, but that is untrue. The answer to the question was homebrew. And the first person I actually homebrewed with was my buddy, Matt, who now lives in London, Ontario. Wonderful fellow just broke his femur. Can you believe it? Ouch. But, uh, he is, he's on the mend, but he was the first person to homebrew with me. The, this is the worst throw ever to let's talk about homebrewing, which to be fair, I've homebrewed more with Mark than anybody else. Me too. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> of course you have. That, and that's not a euphemism, kids. Mandy means that. She means made beer. I like that you just iced that. <laughs> I will not dignify that horrible <laughs> juvenile joke with Do a, I ever? an answer. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Anyway, Mark and I, uh, we did, for those of you who didn't know, and I'll, I'll put a link in the old show notes, 
did a little mini uh, YouTube series called Brewmance. Oh yeah, that was name. great. I, I forgot uh, all about that. That was a lot of fun. So good, so good. To, to watch, I wasn't involved in any other aspect of it, but it was cool. At that point, actually, I still believed that you genuinely disliked me. So I was still kind of scared of you. <laughs> scared of me. Yeah, I have a thing with all my buddies' wives that I think they think I'm a bad influence. And until I kind of break through some sort of a threshold with them, I always am worried that they hate me because I'm the one who makes their husbands make bad decisions. But uh, anyway, Mark and I used to homebrew together. A lot of fun. We had a lot of good times with that. Made some neat beers. I uh, did it with some cool people, too. Aaron Spinney, uh, Eric Ecclestone, Ian Macustra. I'm forgetting somebody here. Anyway, uh, I homebrewed yesterday, and we've talked about this on the show. I hadn't homebrewed really this year, but yesterday, for the first time in 2015, I homebrewed. I'm going to go ahead and predict wild success. Wild success. What did you brew, Chris? A simple IPA. Beautiful. Sometimes, is yeah, it, sometimes simplicity is best. True. Is it? is it an existing recipe that you've done before or something new? Something new. I can't do an existing recipe because I make such poor notes. There's absolutely no repeatability in my, my process. We had a lot of fun with it. And uh, this leads, of course, into the first real meaty discussion, which is not just homebrewing uh, exactly, but... Have you seen this? And I know you've seen it, Mandy, because I sent you the link. The uh, the Pico Brew. What do you think? Sigh. Uh, <sighs> I'm so glad I threw that on you. Yeah, I, I actually haven't watched the Kickstarter video, but for those who are, are not aware what this Pico, that's how you pronounce it? Pico? 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 Homebrewing? I assume, I assume Pico, yeah. It's like the Keurig of homebrewing. So you have a little pod stick it in a machine, it brews the beer of that style, whatever was in the pod for you. And then the rest of the home brewing process or the rest of the brewing process, all of the transferring and fermentation, um, bottling, everything else you need, you sort of need to do on your own as far as I understand. But this little machine mm, does the job not, for no. you. No? Yeah, no, not quite. I'm just pulling up the info here because I thought I had a tab open, but I don't. Um, you're on the right track. Uh, yeah, they call it like the Keurig of, uh, of homebrewing and you put a pod in and uh, it takes about two hours and then it dispenses it into a fermenter, which comes with the kit. It and dispenses you put, it into the fermenter automatically for you? Yeah, well, uh, you have to hook it up, okay. but it, it, it spits it in. Got it. And, and then uh, you, you age that out for the week, and then you transfer that to a, a keg, a little five-liter keg. And then you serve it out of that. Oh, and I'm looking right here on the website. They've got Double Trouble and Duggan's Brewery from Toronto right on the front page of the website, uh, which is uh, interesting for Toronto drinkers, two brands we are familiar with. Oh, Flying Monkeys, too. They have a neat little uh, changing uh, slideshow at the bottom. If you check out, it's uh, picobrew.com. Uh, duty sale? Whew. How about that? Um, so, yeah, yeah, you don't have to package necessarily. Um, Sorry, you serve the beer how? Out of a little five liter keg that you have to then have a little mini draft set up for. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So... 
Oh, Rogue is in there. I just I shouldn't really be watching this while I'm trying to talk. Um, yeah, eh, it's kind of my thinking, too. So, I, okay, I'm, I just admitted to not being a great homebrewer. I'm not the best homebrewer in the world uh, in execution or in results, but uh, I do enjoy it. Um, I do enjoy going into real breweries uh, and brewing with real brewers. That's a lot of fun. Um, Mandy, do you like coffee? You got some pretty cool coffee neighbors. You like a good cup? I do, yeah. Do you use a Keurig? I don't, but I'm not a big enough coffee snob to not use a Keurig. I wouldn't own one, mm. but I would certainly use one. I will also buy coffee at Tim Hortons or McDonald's if I need coffee, <sighs> and those are the closest places to buy coffee. Mm. However, I can appreciate a finely crafted cup of coffee, and I certainly do, and that is my preference, but I'm not, I'm not much of a coffee snob. I'll drink whatever's available. I am maybe more of a snob with coffee than with beer. Yikes. And I will tell you this. I know. I'll tell you this. I've never once been handed a Keurig cup of coffee or a Tassimo, which is the other. It's like the beta of Keurig. Um, I've never been handed one and drank it and thought that was a good cup of coffee. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, it's not uncommon to be like, I'm not disgusted by this. It's uh, <laughs> it's completely palatable. Um, I am certainly not having trouble convincing my throat to allow the you know transit of this to my stomach. But certainly I've never been wowed by it. And so right away, funny enough, with knowing nothing about it, before I knew who was involved, who was submitting little packets for the, the brew, my first reaction was, if you tell me something is the Keurig of something, what you're telling me is <laughs> what we do is really mediocre. We're going to be the really mediocre option that apparently costs $1,000, although I think you can get in on it right now in the pre-release for like 500 uh, And then it's 30 bucks a packet for a five liter uh, mini keg of beer, which is, you know, that's that's a that's a fair saving compared to, you know, buying it from the shop. But yeah, the instant you say to me, we are the Keurig of anything, I'll go, cool. You know what I'm going to go with? I'm going to go with the Maserati of that thing. So if you go, hey, we're the Keurig of space travel, I'll go, well, that's great. You guys have a lot of fun burning up in the atmosphere, and I'm going to go with the Maserati of space travel, or I won't because I probably can't afford it. But uh, for me, the marketing right away was just, no, I do not want to be involved with this. But now I'm looking, I'm watching. I just saw a junction popped up on the screen. Uh, propeller is on the screen. They've got some pretty serious brewers who are uh, supplying them with uh, whatever they want to call them. They're, they probably don't call them K-cups or P-cups. P-cups, could you imagine? Louis uh, Cipher, a, I see. Danforth's own. Danforth's very own. You saw that pop up in the little thing along the bottom. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. Hm. See all kinds of breweries popping up here. Well, I just saw the granite, but that was the East Coast granite. That's um, Kevin's granite, not Ron's granite, uh, I think. It really it just flew by me there. But, uh, but yeah, they got a lot of people involved. Um, so, obviously, some people who undoubtedly have more experience than me are uh, believers. And you would assume they probably would have tested it before they tied their name to it. Um, 
But yeah, for myself, I'm not particularly stoked on this. Uh, and that's not sour grapes. This is not just a homebrewer being like what I do over five and a half hours is somehow better than what they claim to do over two hours. This is just, I'm very skeptical about the whole technology. Oh yeah. There's Louis Cipher Cipher right there. I I will say, I tend to agree with you, Chris, but uh, in my earlier description, it's fairly evident that I don't have all the facts. So I'm probably not in a position to provide much of an opinion on it. Um, But what I can see just from looking through their website and very little that I do know about it is that, it seems like this would appeal to the type of person that has the gadget for everything in their kitchen. Like mm-hmm. that that guy, like that dad that has every gadget known to man. It's one of those like gifting items potentially that what do you get someone? They like beer. They have everything in the world. This could be one of those those things. It's like a fun little project to take on at home. Um, and it's not as much as about the output as the process. And it, mm-hmm. it's sort of like a, aside from the cost, which is fairly significant, um, it seems like a pretty barrier-free entryway to home brewing if, if you are interested in getting started but don't really know where to start. Yeah, I guess. I read some stuff today about it, looking into talking about this. Um, one of the first things that kind of also was concerning in that, they talked about how you can decide what the final alcohol will be which sounds to me like, you know, the the brewery has put together a package or a pod that's designed for a 5% beer, but you can, in principle, reduce the water involved and make a 7% beer, which I don't particularly uh, like the sound of. Um, but they were talking... Um, and it was speculative. This was, a, this was like an editorial on it that... Uh, that it would be possible because apparently they have now like for a Keurig for a coffee people, like a refillable K cup. So you can kind of craft your own K cup for your own blend or whatever. Um, and they were talking that it's, it's, you know, conceivable that this technology would allow you in the format to kind of craft your own recipe. And I think if that happens, I can kind of get on board with it. Cause like you say to a, chunk of the population who can afford sort of the entry fee um that might be an interesting way to kind of get into uh the whole idea of home brewing um but yeah on the whole of it this this has made the rounds the past few weeks and multiple people sent me links of it and said what do you think what do you think and uh, yeah what i think is if you want to homebrew you know what come by my place give me give me a ding i'll show you how you homebrew pretty cheap too a lot cheaper than a thousand dollars startup. I'll tell you that. If you gave me a thousand dollars, I would have a banging, banging three vessel home brewing setup. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, there's a lot you could do brewing equipment wise for a thousand bucks. My gosh, my current home brewing setup is probably three hundred dollars total outlay, and that includes a pump. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. There's a lot of beg borrowing and stealing in there. No stealing. Pardon me. Just begging and borrowing. But, uh, but yeah, anyway, uh, picobrew.com. We'll obviously put a link to that in the show notes. You take a look at it. You tell us, what do you think? thousand bucks plus 30 bucks per five liters. I did see 21st amendment, uh, is in the list as well. I'm still watching a lot of American brewers that I just don't know, but there are like 2,500 of them. So that's not really surprising. 
Uh, anyway. Yeah. yeah. Interesting to see how that pans out. I haven't seen a lot of other Ontarios in there other than the ones you had mentioned, but... Yeah, you guys weren't approached, we eh? We shall see. No. No. Hmm. At least I hope not. I hope it wasn't one of those emails I rudely ignored. Just deleted on principle? Nah. Do you have an email policy, like a length-based or subject line-based policy, where you just go, nope? Uh, I ignore emails very rarely. I have a 48-hour self-imposed response policy. Um, Even on the weekends? Sort of. I, I don't really... I don't really take the weekends off. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Actually, that's completely true. It was a bit of a stupid question. <laughs> uh, but other than that, you don't. I know, like, it, I'll be honest with you here. If um, if you send me a press release, not you, Mandy, you, the listener, you, the potential marketer, and anywhere in my first glimpse, be that the subject line or maybe the first paragraph, you use the word suds to describe the beer. That is getting deleted immediately. I don't care what you're telling me. We want to give you 500 liters of our best suds. Delete. It's gone. And I will never get that free beer because you use the word suds for beer. That is a hard and fast rule in my house. That makes me want to generate like the worst ever press release just as an ironic joke. It uses all of the terrible language. It would be so easy. <laughs> I'm Check out it. who's brewing up a new release. idea. I'm totally doing they're, it. They're fermenting a concept for some suds. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Uh, our other big piece, and this one, it's funny. I'm trying to think. You know, we, we get political, I think, most of the time, which maybe goes with the territory of talking about beer in a podcast named the Toronto Beer Podcast. But this is an interesting one, and I will confess, a lot of the time these things happen, and people go, whoa, what happened? And I'm like, yeah, either A, if you're paying attention to the signs, you would have seen this coming, or B, if you're, you know, kind of plugged in, you kind of already knew this was going to happen anyway. This one blindsided me. Absolutely did not see this one coming. Alberta government divides east versus west in the biggest beer tax hike yet. It's yeah. basically <laughs> Alberta divides uh, Alberta small breweries from the rest of Canada. Mm -hmm. So what we're talking about here, they're getting, I'm just reading here, a graduated tax system. I don't even know what these words mean. Uh, a graduated tax system at a blended average of 48 cents per liter on annual worldwide production below 200,000 hectoliters, while other Canadian craft breweries, and this is what's important, uh, previously taxed at the small producer's rate were vaulted into the base tax rate of $1.25 a liter to bring your product in. So Mandy, small brewer, I, I'm guessing you didn't have, you know, aspiration to be in uh, uh, Calgary next year, but... Uh, well, not today and not, not necessarily next year, but I wouldn't rule it out if you, as a small brewery owner in Ontario, if you were going to look at entering any other market in Canada, it would be Alberta because it's it's widely known as like the most open market. The the entry once you're there is pretty simple, right? Yeah, you, you approach the independent retailers and if they would like to stock your beer, then you send them beer. And they keep hmm. it cold and treat it nicely and Bob's your uncle. 
I've got this again. This is the press release from our friends over at Steam Whistle. Uh, they say uh, beer tax legislation. And, and sorry to backpedal for a moment. I'm pretty sure Steam Whistle is distributing in Indeed Alberta. They are. Yes, they are. So the new beer tax legislation will have a dramatic and immediate impact on prices in liquor stores and bars and restaurants. As an example, overnight, Alberta has imposed an additional $6.05 in beer tax per 24 pack of Steam Whistle Pilsner and $37 per 50 liter keg. Just added on. That's insanity. That's a lot. It's a that's a great deal. It's a huge, huge impact to some of the larger craft breweries in Ontario that are operating in the Alberta market. Uh, it's My. it it generally like if if you look at it from a an Alberta centric pr perspective, it's actually pretty great news for the tiny breweries in Alberta. But it really, really hurts some of the other craft breweries that are starting to expand nationally and that have entered the Alberta market because it. I just don't see how their, their business would be sustainable. So my thing on this, and and again, I actually haven't read a ton of editorializing on it. Um, I read sort of the news stories when it broke, and then the, I had two PRs that came in that I read. Um, the idea here is they're, they're basically, which is actually kind of humorous, they're basically just trying to give a leg up to the local small brewery. That's the idea, right? That's right. Yeah, exactly. But by taxing the shit out of everybody else, it means that the small guy from Alberta gets a, a bit of a boost, which when you consider that the whole point behind Alberta's liquor sales is hands off government, private, you know, market driven sales seems completely out of whack with their ethos. Although I suppose it's fair to point out that Alberta did just recently um, elect a fairly left-leaning government. So they did. They have the, an NDP. They do have an NDP government. Is it a majority? Is, I don't know. I'm not sure. It is a majority. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Their provincial government. Uh, what's her name? Um, not Naughton. Andrea Naughton. So this is interesting and and speaking now as a confirmed publicly outed lefty nut job i i don't know i understand the concept of promoting local but i really wonder about this this is this seems just i don't know it seems crazy to me and then on on top of it and I don't know if anybody's mentioned this yet, and you've got some stories pulled up. You said, "Is this even legal?" Like, so that has been that has been called into question uh, in any of the the editorial stuff I've read. It's, is this even legal? Um, I believe, and I'm not sure if this is the case, but I believe that at one point or another, as a member of the OCB, we had been told that it's not a legal thing to do. Yeah, I just like by I the, don't like by the Ontario government. You're not allowed to yeah, yeah, like literally the OCB would be aware of this because that would make sense for them to lobby the government to do exactly this type of thing unless they had sort of a legal opinion saying, oh, no, no, you can't, that's anti-competitive. Uh, and furthermore, and this is the thing, like I understand tariffs outside of the country and this is this, this whole thing we're going through right now with like the Trans-Pacific Partnership and with the, the European free trade deal that we're trying to work or we have worked now where... It's completely normal 
and again, this just sounds so crazy to say it, but it's completely normal to financially penalize a company trying to sell into your country if they are an offshore company. That's normal. But to do it provincially just seems so counterproductive to almost everything. Um, I just don't understand this. It, it really leaves me shaking my head. And And to be fair... And speaking as a proponent for sort of more accessible choices for everybody, it doesn't leave me shaking my head. It leaves me shaking my fist saying, you guys are idiots. What the hell's the matter with you? Um, I thought the NDP was cooler than this. Maybe they're not. Yeah, I don't know. It, to me, it feels like a bit of an attack by the large breweries that I don't want to blame everything on them and all of our woes on them. But they do have lobbying power that we, we need to be... We need to always remember how much lobbying power they have. And if you think about the share that they're losing to craft breweries, well, who's eating up the majority of that share? It's the largest craft breweries in the country. And the only way the largest craft breweries in the country are, are growing their own production and expanding is by expanding their distribution across the country rather than staying in their own local markets. Mm-hmm. So it feels a little sneaky that way to me. But I, I don't know. I'm just speculating. No, I think you are hitting the nail on the head because the the one that I'm reading has a bit about where is it here? Uh, meanwhile, Labatt and Molson products have only gone up about forty eight cents per uh, twenty four pack because, of course, they were already being taxed at the higher rate anyway. Mm-hmm. So you 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 are probably exactly right. This is probably a, a power play. Um, it, feels, and, and they, yeah, it just yeah. feels a bit sneaky because the, the PR around it can all, can be all about promoting the growth of local breweries within Alberta, giving them the ability to grow and create jobs and blah, 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 blah. Uh, but if you think about the overall impact that this could have mm-hmm. the larger breweries, especially with Alberta specifically being the, the easiest and probably most lucrative market to enter for craft like larger craft breweries in Canada that are looking to expand nationally it just feels like yeah. we're sort of being not we because my brewery's not trying to expand there right now but as a collective we're sort of being blocked from that market in a way you are 100% right that is I will go on record and say exactly what's undoubtedly happening is yeah this is a smokescreen to, and it's funny because what it's trying to prevent is, like you say, like the Mill Street, well, not the Mill Streets now, they play under a different banner, but the, you know, the Steam Whistles and the Bows and the Amsterdams, the guys who have some deep pockets now. I feel like I just saw recently that Muskoka was expanding out there. It may have been BC. Why do I keep doing that? Muskoka is totally one of the biggest in Ontario, and I always do that, and I don't know why. To me, Muskoka is still the sweet little brewery that one of the first times I bought a 12 pack of beer legally as a, as a, as a, a card carrying 19 year old was a Muskoka cream ale up at the cottage in Muskoka. Cause I just thought, man, can you believe this? I'm drinking this beer and it's from Muskoka and I'm in Muskoka. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> and, uh, uh, and I just I think I still just think of them as this cute little brewery up in Bracebridge and they're not they're they're not giant, but they're pretty big for a craft brewery. They've, they're just exploding in, in growth right now, which is good. Good for them. They're Killing big, it. but it doesn't mean they're not sweet, Chris. 
yeah, they are still kind of sweet. I'll, I'll give them that. Um, have you been to the new brewery? The one on, uh, uh, what's it? Muskoka beach? No, Muskoka. Uh, I have. Yeah, I have. Uh, it's beautiful. It is gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. I it haven't been something. there since they, they created the little outdoor patio area where you can enjoy mm-hmm. your beer outside, which sounds lovely. Um, I was there, I think the first year they moved into the, the larger facility. Yeah. Um, but it it's impressive. It was shiny and clean. Yeah, yeah, it's quite nice. So I because I, again, I remember going into the brewery when it was still on um, what, Taylor Street or whatever. In, oh, in... me too. It was so lovely. I have the nicest little T-shirt. Yeah, it was just the best little place. I loved it. It was so towny and cute and small and yeah, yeah. But you know, they did grow and it's too bad breweries in Ontario space. can't have a second retail location. Hey, Mandy. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Uh-huh. Yeah. They can. <laughs> they can. You can now. You need to brew Go there. ahead. You need to brew there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I thought that I thought that's what you were talking. No, I thought no, you no. were throwing to the. You're right. No, you cannot open a retail location. <laughs> right. We can't yeah. have offsite retail stores. Cause, uh, Not even remotely because chaos would ensue. Right. Yeah. Uh, t- teenage pregnancy would go up. And uh, the divorce rate, I'm sure, would uh, spike to disgusting levels where maybe one in two marriages would end in divorce. And, oh, at least. Uh, <laughs> at least. Why do we live in such a screwed up province? Although Alberta is kind of giving us a living demonstration of the fact that maybe our province isn't that screwed up after all. Because what the hell is the matter with Alberta right now, you idiots? You, you guys are the guys who elected Nenji. Right? You seem so reasonable. And this? This is what you give us? You're idiots. I don't get it, but I I do think it's pretty sneaky. Pretty sneaky move. Hey, they all answer. Every provincial government answers to the big dollars. And uh, certainly in Alberta, the biggest dollars are not the big brewers, but the big brewers do have deep pockets. And, uh, you know, money talks. Right? Like uh, Like that song... Who's that? Is that Neil Diamond? Yeah, Forever in Blue Jeans. Yeah, yeah. Money talks, but it don't. Sing and dance and something, something, something. This is not going well. Oh, that is such a classic line. Come on, Neil Diamond. <laughs> Forever in Blue Jeans. It's amazing. Uh, what do you got, guys? What do you guys got going on? You got something coming up? Anything happening at the old left field in the next, say, two or four weeks? Two to four weeks, not exactly. On Sunday, I jump on a plane to run away from the brewery for the first time since uh, we created it, I guess. Yeah, you mentioned that. That's right. You're taking your first vacation as brewery owners. Yeah. Uh, Jason Fisher told us it would take a lot longer, but we're just trying to prove him wrong because we like to do that. Uh, Sticking it to Jason Fisher is a noble (laughs) pursuit, and I 100% endorse any time you can say, hey, Jay, fuck you. (laughs) Do it. Because he loves it. He loves it. He does, yeah. He does it yeah. himself, so it's great. Yeah. Uh, so that is just about the only thing on my mind right now is running away <laughs> running away from the brewery. And where are you guys going? Someplace hot, I hope? Yeah, we're going um, to Puerto Vallarta in Mexico. Which didn't just get leveled by a hurricane, did. as yeah, predicted. It did, yeah. It got hit by a hurricane. It didn't get leveled. Right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had friends who were in, I had two different sets of friends actually in Puerto Vallarta when the, uh, when Patricia made landfall. So, but, uh, well, that's cool. That's exciting. 
yeah, drink I'm some rum-based beverages and looking forward to it. Eat some tacos and then eat some more tacos. And then drink and drink then some more. Eat Maybe some more check tacos. my email once in a while. And no, don't do that. That's crazy. Have talk. a nap. That'd be nice. Uh, cool. I got nothing. Yeah, that's it. I, I got nothing. I just want to go coming up right now. Anyway. I yeah. I um, I might go out and hang out with uh, Eric Ecclestone, a uh, friend of the show. Uh, he is. Guy. Oh my gosh, that Spent guy. Spent some time with him at cast days. Always good to catch up. He was down for cast days. Yes, he was. Oh, uh, yeah. this guy's an ass. I've got tools that I'm going to lend him on long-term lend for his shop. And uh, I can't believe he didn't at least take a bandsaw with him or something when he was down here. What a guy. But love Eric, so I might go out and hang out with him in Brantford for a day or two this week or yes. this month. Yeah, other than that, nothing happening. Kids are in school and trying to do more stuff around beer podcast. This will be up in the next day or so. Tomorrow, as we're recording, which might be the day this comes out, is a notable day. Mandy, do you know why? Tomorrow is Thursday, November 5th. No, I don't know why. Remember, remember the 5th of November. It's Guy Fawkes Day. But more importantly, it is the simultaneous birthdays of two wonderful brewers in the province of Ontario. The oh. Misters... Ryan Morrow and Sam Corby. Ryan, of course, of Nickelbrook and uh, Sam of Sada City. And every year they produce a beer for their birthday. And the only stipulation is that its starting gravity has to be 1.105, which is giant. That's right. Uh, that's so much fun. I can't believe I forgot that. Yeah, they're always like 11% barley wines or triple IPAs and stuff. So tomorrow, 5th of November, they're launching it. I can't remember where. It's probably on the internet somewhere. Probably somewhere really cool that I don't get to go because it's a Thursday. But uh, if you're around and you want to go check that out, remember, remember the 5th of November. Oh, and I can't believe I just remember this, the end of the podcast. But I did a really cool thing today. Do you want to know what I did? Yes, I do, Chris. I offset the Toronto Beer Podcast for one calendar year. This is a carbon-free podcast now. We are technically bullfrog-powered at the Toronto Beer Podcast now. How do you like that? I love that because our, our home is bullfrog-powered, and we eventually hope to be able to do it with our business as well. But how does how does that even apply to a podcast that just... Do we have a carbon footprint like to begin with? We do, because you and I are both sitting at computers that are sucking up power right now. Yeah, but I do it from my and home, so, and it's already bullfrog powered. Well, then we're going above and beyond. Oh, look at that. Because so what good. I did when the when the friendly guy came to the door today and hit me up to go bullfrog power, which I 100% support and endorse, but we're in a tricky rental situation. And he said, well, there are other options. And we were talking about some of the other options. And he said, you know, you can just offset like your computer or your stove. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I can offset my computer. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, if I gave you guys the offset for two computers, could I then say that the podcast we're recording tonight is powered by Bullfrog Power? And he was like, yeah, 100%. So I did it. I paid the money. I got the receipt in my email. Our podcast, the TorontoBeerPodcast.com, now 100% Bullfrog Powered. Check them out, BullfrogPower.com, I believe is their URL. I maybe should have looked this up before I said it, but you can find them. Google them, Bullfrog Power, wonderful way to offset your uh, energy with renewables. 
which uh, we in Ontario have no excuse not to use. Ontario is blessed with a, uh, a multitude of renewable energy resources, which we can tap into. So you guys are Bullfrog Powered at home. That's great. Uh, the podcast, Bullfrog Powered. We would just like to say Toronto Beer Podcast supports Bullfrog Power. <laughs> I feel like I got paid to do that, but I actually paid to do that. This doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> That's how good their marketing is. Uh, anything else happening in the wonderful world of beer that we should know about? I'll have all kinds of stuff in a couple of weeks. Yeah, you guys just did a kettle sour. Don't want to talk about that in case you're not wanting to talk about it. But... Yeah, we can't talk about it until we know that it's going to be a delicious beer that we want to send out into the market and not dump down the drain. Yeah, because sometimes kettle sours are just absolute disasters. But right, Especially it does when happen. It's your first, so we'll see. Uh, okay, watch out. Uh, Leftfield Brewery going on vacation, so uh, while the cats well, are away, the dogs will play or something like that. No, no, not the brewery's not on vacation. Our tap room and bottle shop open every day, noon to nine. Please come by, buy beer, drink in the tap room, hang out. We have lovely people there that would love to serve you some beer. Uh, they'll spend a lot of time with you and hang out and show you around. So please come by, but uh, Mark and I will be gone. I can confirm those are some lovely people at the brewery tap room. Um, uh, aside from that, if this goes up, check out the Sawdust Dinkelbrook beer, and uh, we'll talk to you in like two weeks. Fully losing Mandy here. Can't hear a thing she's saying, so hopefully nope. she's not talking right now. Nope, she isn't. Okay, great. I don't know. Talk to you in about two weeks, Toronto. Thanks for listening.